Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good afternoon, St. Louis. DGS on Camelwax. Happy Wednesday to you. Another pretty day out there. Who's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I think tomorrow's like, anytime Dave says 60, he means 65. <laughs> Dave's yeah. afraid to commit. Yeah. yeah, he is. I've noticed this about him. A little cautious. A little cautious, yeah. yeah. But it's always, it'll be 65. Wow. It'll feel like 80 to us. Mm-hmm. Right? It'd be great. Um, anyone watching the proceedings in uh, the Senate today with the social media people? No, bit. just uh, hearing some things here and there. But Pretty interesting. Um, it, it to, to me... You know, I have a pretty finely tuned BS meter, especially for things that are performative. And uh, all of the senators, uh, especially Holly from from Missouri, were uh, either doing a great job or being super performative. Knowing him, I think it's performative. Uh, but he was really taking them to task and how dare you this and how dare you that. And I, and I think the, the moment of the whole hearing that it's going to be on TV tonight is Holly asked Zuckerberg, hey, you're, the people sitting behind you are people who have lost children mm-hmm. uh, to, to social media issues. They're holding up pictures of them. You want to stand up and apologize to them, and he did. So that was yeah. interesting. Hmm. Which, well. I mean, I give Holly kudos on this because he has this his this has been a campaign of his for a long time. And social media companies do need to be held accountable. We know Meta, Facebook, Instagram they knew that their algorithms, that their content was both designed to be addictive and designed really to be harmful because of the content that is there. They knew it was harming kids. Well, in spite they of knew it. apologizing, uh, Zuckerberg also testified that there is, quote, no connection between social media and adverse mental health effects. Well, that's, to anyone. I mean, yeah. that's no connections a lot. That's, based that's on, quite a statement. Yeah. Based on the studying that they are paying for. Right. I, yeah, I don't buy that for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it clearly does. Just think about um, how you feel if you are online a lot or scrolling Twitter or whatever. Just if you're doing it for a couple of hours. Yeah. Which is a lot. You start to feel like, ugh. Yeah. You know, the well, stuff you read and what people say, it's just, it's gross a lot. We've talked to people from the Center for Countering Digital Hate, and they have a study called Deadly by Design, and it looks at yeah. social media, specifically TikTok. It is shocking and it is grotesque how these algorithms work to, if you're, um, 
you know, a kid, 14 years old, and you look at one thing or type one thing, whether it's self-harm or depression, um, eating disorders, and it will continue to feed you content related to all of that um, at at a rate that is it's designed to suck you in and it is harmful. Yeah. Yeah. It's programmed to keep you there. And it'll do that for any topic, Yeah, right? I mean, if you Google baseball, it's going to feed you a lot of that too. But that's the problem though, is there's no filter between what is okay, what is healthy behavior, like what would be a normal thing for a kid to look at versus yeah. something that might be a sign of a problem. I just realized I had my uh, sunglasses on top of my head like Joan Crawford or something. I was going to say, like, <laughs> yeah. you looked like you just got back like from looking for Amelia Earhart's plane. <laughs> it felt weird. And I'm like, that feels weird. And then I'm like, oh, okay, oh, yeah. mm, that's what it is. <laughs> the plane's already been found. There's in, so. the first sign. Speaking of social media, did you guys see the Elmo outreach today? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. I mean, dude, it's really not funny. Like, so if you didn't see it, Elmo was like, hey, how's everyone doing? And millions of people are like, I'm suicidal, Elmo. Like, oh. real bad. I'm real, real bad. Raj started reading me the responses oh yesterday. And then by last night, the president had responded to Elmo. <laughs> The first one I saw, uh, how's everybody doing? The one person, I'm, I'm at my blanking wits end, Elmo. Elmo, how do, you, how do you think I'm doing? It's just, all Elmo did was check in on everybody. Yeah. But he gets for asking. Somebody posted, like, stop dumping this on Elmo. That baby is three. He <laughs> <laughs> can't handle this. There's trauma dumping on Elmo. But it was like, a hun- like as of last night, it was like 170 million, um, like, interactions. <laughs> Sometimes that's all it takes. I mean, I'm laughing, but it's also like the world is depressed. It is. You know? It is, but there's something cathartic about dumping it on Elmo. And then, was it Bert or Ernie? I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, (laughs) Weaseled his way in. He's like, hey, let me help out. And Elmo's like, F off. I got got this. And then Elmo Elmo then tweeted again, like, wow, it looks like Elmo learned he needs to check in on his friends. (laughs) (laughs) Elmo cares. so cute. I'm at my wit's end, Elmo. <laughs> hey, is the guy the Elmo guy? Is he was he in, he was in trouble? Oh, remember? No. Yeah. Did he? What, what happened there? You know what happened? I know, but did he go to jail or anything? Uh, I think he did. Yeah. Okay. Do you I, not remember this? I just googled Elmo guy in trouble. And <laughs> <laughs> his name is Kevin Clash. Elmo naughty. It says that he was cleared of the He's sex cle- abuse charges uh, that I assume you guys are talking that's, about. Well, that's it. That's yeah. what we've been talking about. Very un-Elmo-like wow. behavior. And yeah. that's how defamation works, kids. <laughs> oh what prison's he in, Andrew? <laughs> Oh, he's in a real bad one there, Grunt. I know what happened. We don't even need to talk about it, but it's bad. Well, I I hate to keep, you know, pressing the issue, but it was because it was outside the statute of limitation. So maybe he is good for it. I don't know. Mm. Sorry. Wow. (laughs) Can't believe you guys didn't know about this. We need that sound with the needle scratching. You know, uh, hey, how about that children's icon being a pedophile? <laughs> I can't believe you guys don't remember it. It was a pretty big story at the mm. time. I know the Barney guy is weird. So they're just killing them all now, huh? I don't remember the Barney thing. Yeah. Anybody got anything on any other cookie monster or anything? Was uh, he the original Elmo? I, I just figured I, no. it was uh, he's a more the same guy that did uh, all the other Muppets. Yeah. yeah, he's like a more recent Elmo. 
from like I want to say like the early two thousands, maybe. Yeah, you know, you could only have somebody on so you throw a bad one. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I mean, odd, it's just odds, really. I don't know. I mean, there, there's there's a good chance something's wrong with you if you just if you want to you know have puppets, right? <laughs> if you just want to be a puppeteer, <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> No? Okay, I guess I'm on this island. That's super right. judgmental. I oh who shamed me know, now? I've just no, I, I, I wasn't leaving you hanging. I just I just never thought I'd hear that sentence in my life. <laughs> <laughs> What's your job, puppets? <laughs> I don't know. I mean there's something wrong with you if you just want to hang out with a lot of puppets, right? <laughs> well, the way you're phrasing it, yes. Yeah, but... right. <laughs> <laughs> Having been an aspiring puppeteer at one point. <laughs> Rob's just going to leave the station. There's going to be like 25 puppets outside. (laughs) That's a nightmare. I've told the story. Maybe he's still out there, but we had this listener, Al, who would show up to everything. And uh, like literally everything. So when the show was really, really big and we were doing tons of, of appearances, he'd be at everything. And Big Al, he was about eight feet tall. And he saw a lot of movies, you know, on his own and things like that. And then he told me how he was involved in this I don't even know what to call it, but it's it's very expensive puppets uh, that are also very sexual. They're animals, but they're like foxes with big boobs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, okay. it's a thing. Okay. Trust me. Uh, were you there for that one, Andrew? Was that pre-you? I was not, but okay. I, I, I'm familiar with the, the tale. So he brought in a friend of his, <clears throat> pardon, who had like a sexy rabbit. And uh, the rabbit was just all about Dave. And... Um, <laughs> So, you know, I'm doing my thing, and I'm doing my show, and I'm like, so tell me, Trixie, uh, you know, what What do you like? She's like, I like you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine, fine. Let me, let me tell the folks about the pasta house. I'm not sure how to handle this. And uh, so when we go to break, and you've, you've been on breaks, right? And you go like, hey, that was great. Thanks so much. And they wouldn't break character. And uh, all the way out the door, they were still the Trixie and Nail Lady or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so... How how dare I suggest puppeteers are weird? There's, a, there's some comedian. He goes, "All right, welcome to Ventriloquist Club." And I remember the first club of ventri- the first rule of Ventriloquist Club is never talk about Ventriloquist Club. Actually, just kidding. It's don't fall in love with your puppet. <laughs> <laughs> did she just do a bit? I don't understand what happened. No, it's a comedian. Oh, I didn't okay. Do it. Comedian like, did, did she just write that just then? Not bad. Not and bad. Like, Hold on, I got something. Not bad. I never thought. I could use this joke, but finally, this is been the saving it up. Yeah, and that one loaded up for a while. <laughs> Just been right there in the well, back then, of the head. Like a month after that, I, the band we used to do these big concerts on the the riverfront, in St. Charles, like three thousand people for the veterans. And I look in the front row, and there are the boys and the girls. They've got the puppets with them. Were they rocking out? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Trying to get backstage. <laughs> the puppets lifting a shirt. Like, uh, oh. <laughs> That's not the kind of hand. party. You don't want that party. <laughs> <laughs> you have sickened Andrew. <laughs> Just like, oh, no. I'm, not, I'm not great with puppets. <laughs> I told you. Really? Yeah. What's that's behind not, this? That's not my scene. I don't know. It isn't? No. I I, I used to be. Puppet scene. I feel like puppets were, were around a lot, me a lot when I was a kid. Cause I, I, I don't know if it was like my parents or what, but they kind of wanted to make puppets like happen. <laughs> I think that was just a 90s thing. Honestly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Dad, stop puppets, trying to make puppets happen. Puppets were big in the No, I think Rachel's right. Puppets were big in like the well, early it, 90s. If it weren't your parents, what's your next best theory? 
Well, I think that there were just like puppet people like around me, like at birthday parties and stuff. Like I found myself in the orbit of puppets a lot. Like, oh, well, there's a puppet. Like you go to a party and it's like, oh, the puppet's here. Same puppet? Are you- well, there would be like, yeah, there was a couple of people I think that would get hired in the area. Are you sure these weren't puppets. dreams? Yeah, who these no, I'm pretty people? sure they're not dreams. Because I was, I would be around these puppets and I just... and. Gave off bad vibes. Yeah, I just never liked the whole puppet thing. I never liked, because I never, like, I was never able to suspend my disbelief and be like, wow, that puppet is speaking to me. And I always just be like, man, just don't come at me with a puppet. Like, I know that it's you. I know that it's just you. How old were you? (laughs) Probably like three, you know, three, four years old. It wasn't your scene. It wasn't my scene. And I didn't like Sesame Street because it was the same kind of situation. Like, I'd see those puppets and I couldn't really be like... Save me, Elmo. Like, I couldn't really, I didn't They're calling have that you. Yeah, why the is The puppets are calling, calling you. I feel like this, I'm like, I don't like puppets, but I love the Muppets. They're two different things. That's how I feel. I'm going to need you to take care of her. Grand <laughs> yeah. Canyon. Yeah, just, mean? I don't know. Be a tuner up something. Amy's <laughs> uh, like an eight-year-old. I love it. When she says something funny, you know she's coming back. It's like, here comes another one. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was funny. <laughs> they were both funny. Let's talk about marionettes next. Oh, no, those are creepy. They're really creepy. Yeah, I got I got worse. all kinds of problems with marionettes. What's the worst kind of puppet? <laughs> marionettes. The, the really, yeah, the really poorly made, bad-looking, um, uh, like, puppet. Okay. Really? Like, like you a know, homemade puppet. Yeah, like the Serial puppets. killer Muppet. Yeah, right. Like Sesame Street Muppets, like, I I got my problem with them, but they are, like, the, the Henson Muppets, they're at least well made. What about the Mr. Rogers puppets? I always thought oh, those, those were creepy. Those very creepy. Those. What's no, wrong you with you people? No, yes, Daniel Friday the 13th was creepy. No, all creepy. There was one sweet. of them named Mr. Finger or something like that. <laughs> I don't think uh, so. Mr. Oh, my God. I'm unlocking a memory here. I think it's because of Lamb Chop. My parents tried to make me into a Lamb Chop kid. <laughs> I loved they Lamb thought, Chop. They I thought I loved, well, they thought I loved Lamb Chop, and Isn't I Lamb Chop's uncle Mr. Finger or something like that? <laughs> I don't, again, I don't Look, I'm so. telling you, there's someone. There's, no, there's Yes. There's Mr. No. Finger? It's real close to that. Look, look yeah. Help me out. Fine, Give me the characters on, on Mr. Rogers. Was it Rogers. like a worm or something? <laughs> My favorite thing we do on this show is we just start speculating, like, maybe his name was, I don't know, Mr. Finger. We'll figure Look, it out. I'm about to be vindicated. Come on, Wheels. I can't find anything He's like trying that. to Google that. You think that's going to go well? You got, Didn't uh, he have, like, a best friend with a real... Lady Elaine? Pedo name. Mr. Oh. Uh, McFeely, the... <laughs> yeah! yeah! That was his name! That yes, it was! That might freaking qualify. Yes. Mr. McFeely. Yes, yes that was that's... it! Well, he was the, the postman. postman. Yeah. yeah. I love, I don't... If you're a kid and you're at a barbecue <laughs> and your parents say, hey, why don't you go in the basement and get something with one of two people, Mr. Finger or Mr. McFeely, <laughs> who are you going with? Neither. You know what's weird, too? I think they got rid of Mr. McFeely because I'm on the Mr. Rogers website yeah. and that's not one I of them they listed. Got rid of him. Yeah, also, he's in the same prison as that Elmo guy. The Elmo guy. <laughs> Bob Dog was uh, He was cleared of all charges. Who? Bob Dog. It was just a grown man in a dog costume. <laughs> like, everyone else in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood was a normal person except for Bob Dog. I just can't believe you guys were oh, like, Oh, but oh. Mr. McFeely wasn't a puppet. It was a real person. No, yeah, he was a postman. He was yeah. a postman. Oh, okay. Speedy delivery man, excuse Mr. me. Yep, that's right. 
Do you believe what's going on in here? What was he doing with those puppets then? Oh, there was a Mr. Rogers character called Henrietta Pussycat. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. On, yep. Yes. That's a cat. She you was really. That? She was really. Dave was gonna fall. I remember that. So did Dave. Gave <laughs> <laughs> me one show. Mr. McFeely. I didn't know where he was going with that. Lady Elaine was mean. Oh yeah, she sucked. I didn't like her. One twenty six DGS. You know, I, you're gonna think I'm kidding around, but I'm being serious. I think you're gonna get it. Uh, a little bit on the social media topic. <clears throat> I don't know if you've noticed this, but almost definitely weekly, sometimes daily, you'll have a uh, like a clickbaity kind of thing about how very angry people are at or about Wheel of Fortune. And yes. and I think that this is really, really probative because we have talked about, Chris, you've made this point a lot, that the weirdos and the freaks out there and the extremists uh, – they were in tiny little pockets, or probably in their mom's basement with SpaghettiOs on, on their shirt. Uh, then they found each other through social media. And like Wheel of Fortune, no one's ever, if you are mad at Wheel of Fortune, there's something going wrong with you. And you should get out and, and see the world. But now that it's out there and people can talk to each other, it's real. Like, it's a real yep. movement and jeopardy and all these weird things that, like, it's never made people mad before. If it did, we didn't know about it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's like a rash. Like, you see, uh, you know, January 6th and such, and that's a big, giant, oh, my God, that is a, that's a stage four rash. Mm-hmm. But you see these little rashes like this <clears throat> that I think are kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, social media has allowed people to find each other who are different let's say it allows it to <laughs> metastasize mm-hmm. if there's something small it can it can grow pretty quickly too and um i don't know the wheel of fortune thing though oh it's like weekly and it's it's always it's always something like oh i can't believe that she couldn't solve that puzzle she's so stupid don't call her stupid or that was an unfair puzzle no one knows what that means or or pat sage that was mean told someone to shut up last week yeah you know yeah they do that for jeopardy too Mm-hmm. I just think that's an interesting symptom of the much bigger problem. Yep, that's our whole sports world, by the way. Oh, I bet that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is entirely what it is. I mean, social media world of it. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it's that. Did you see the Albert Pujols Jeopardy question? Yes, I, I didn't. Re- I didn't see the question, but I, re- I saw that it was a thing. It, it was a, the the category was about bald and beautiful, and mm-hmm. it was an, a question about Albert. I don't remember what the 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 answer was. And then the person who um, responded said the wretched Albert Pujols. What? <laughs> he was a Cubs fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, I want to talk about something that's a little bit of a minefield only because of the terms. Uh, because we're all so triggered, which is one of the terms. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to kind of say it plainly. Someone was talking today on one of the news channels. I forget which one or about what, but they said like, oh, you know, all these snowflakes. And so I don't know when all that started. Maybe you guys do, but you know, snowflakes and woke and you know, safe places and things like that. And I tend to be, uh, th- there was a time in my life, probably 15 years or so ago when I, uh, was definitely in the camp of like, you know, get a job, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I'm from the streets of South Roxanne. If I can make it, you can make it. Your life is no worse than mine, blah, blah, blah. Since then, I think I've matured and evolved, hopefully, and I'm more uh, a little bit on the other side of that. I tend to be a little more, I, I hope, understanding and empathetic. And yeah, you know what? I didn't have to go through that. You have a really good point. Uh, I've never been through that. I can understand why you would be triggered by something like X, Y, and Z. However, uh, I'm, I'm still, you know, a child of my generation, still a former athlete. Uh, when I had jobs, you got yelled at. And I'm talking like I've never been yelled at more than when I was a lawyer, like professional jobs. And here's my point. Let's talk a little bit about what's fair, as in, yeah, I understand why you're a little sensitive about that. And to what degree do people, all people of all ages, uh, need to be tough and maybe a little tougher than we are now? And what I'm thinking about, because I always think in analogies, I'm thinking about like a basketball game. And we've all seen a basketball game with little kids. And the, the rules of the game are if Ronj is dribbling towards me and I can cleanly knock it away from him and steal it, I can do that. And that happens in life, right? It happens to kids. It happens to grownups. People get divorced. People get blindsided. People get fired. People get cancer. Um, and what I'm picturing is a, a bunch of grownups standing on the basketball court crying because someone stole the ball because the, they, the, the, the rim's too high. They can't dunk it. And they're a queen or they're a boss and they should be able to dunk it, but they can't. You feel me where I'm going on this? Someone jump in, Wheels. I don't know. I, I, I understand. I don't, I don't really like to do that personally, like play that game personally, like, like you're talking about. I don't like the judging people's reactions to things. But I, what I go back to is the consistency where we've gone from the, the point where people who used to call everyone else a snowflake are now super sensitive about everything. And like, I don't understand how that works inside someone's head, how you can think you're the tough guy. You're the one that is going to be calling out other people. But then immediately, if somebody says something about somebody you love, like, oh, my God, you can't do that. That's not right. I'm being attacked. I'm being canceled or whatever. Like, I, I just want people to be consistent. I don't think it's okay to just toss aside other people's reactions to things. And I also don't think that everyone's complaint is 100% valid. You know, like there, there's a middle ground and we can assess that. But if you're going to be the one that's constantly offended, don't be calling anyone else anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that 
That, that's where I agree with you, because I don't think that uh, people don't have. Not enough people have empathy. Yeah, I don't think where they could put themselves in somebody else's position. They see, well, these were my circumstances growing up and I had a difficult time. And so yours couldn't have been as difficult as mine until they explain to you, well, this is what I went through. And then, like Dave said, you go, well, okay, well, I didn't, I didn't consider something like that. I didn't consider how this thing could have affected me. I do agree with you, Kevin, that there are people um, who will – let's take Bud Light, for example. The same people who were crying about cancel culture could not wait to stick at the Bud Light over the Dylan Mulvaney thing. Yeah. And we're celebrating the fact that Bud Light – lost a huge part of the market celebrating it well that's cancel culture it's the same thing but it's not the same when you do it what is the thing you don't like (laughs) no that's what i'm saying i'm kidding right because we're in this place now where we're only mad about a thing if it's not what we agree with and if we if we think something is justified well then we're not snowflakes we're we are righteous we are righteously angry like well you know everybody's frustration anger perspective can be understood. And you know at the same time, you know we got the, we got that example and on the same time you've got people that are like you're triggering me about anything. Well, I mean I don't know what everybody's trigger is. You can't. So how can you step around all of those landmines? I mean you can't expect people to always be super cautious about everything and you also can't be the hypocrite that wants to be the tough person and and judge others but then immediately you go right into that same victim mode when anything goes against you. But also I wonder if, um, and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I wonder if that many people are as trigger, triggered all the time as we think they are. Then, then maybe, it's, maybe the numbers aren't as great. Maybe it's just a handful of very loud people who are triggered by certain things. Rach, Andrew, you're from the generation that at least gets blamed for this. What do you think? <laughs> I think nobody's 100% right and nobody's 100% wrong. I think there's I think the people who are like you need to toughen up um generally are correct. Do I think that they always go about it in the most productive way? No. You you can't just be like you need to be better, be tougher, stop stop crying. Like that's not <laughs> going to get somebody to stop feeling sensitive. But the truth is is like sometimes people say things that hurt your feelings and that's because sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes you need to hear things that are hurtful so that you can grow as a person and change. That being said, there are people who have been through like unspeakable trauma. Like mm-hmm. and I think here's how I always look at it. I don't think you need to go through life completely sanitized and never saying anything that could ever uh, offend anyone. None of us would have jobs if that was, you know, something that was that everyone had to do. We, we literally wouldn't be able to talk for four hours a day and step around everyone's feelings. But if you're having a conversation with someone and you know they've experienced a certain trauma and you decide to say, like you've said before, Dave, it, it triggers you when people do the thing where they put the gun to their head and it's like, oh, let me just shoot myself. Once you told me that, I will never do that in front of you ever again because it's it's horrible and I don't want to elicit those emotions in you. If you yeah. do it over and over again and say, oh, just get over it, you're a jerk. And by the same token, because my, my brother took a own life in 2002 in case you're a new listener uh by the same token i can't tell you since that happened how many people have done the fake gunshot to their head because there wasn't enough cheese in their burrito and it's never made me mad at them i'm i I have probably probably done it it's not like and i think that's kind of the difference and and 
I hate it when I'm holding myself up as like, well, here's how you should be. Uh, but I think that is a good example and a good test case where if you know someone's loved one took their life with a gun, don't do that, especially over you got brown rice instead of white rice. Uh, but also, if you're the person who is the survivor of that, there's no reason to jump down someone's throat. There's no reason to shame them. If there's they didn't no reason know. if they yeah. didn't know, right? Even right. if they did, I've had like I've had really close friends who know do that and then go, "I'm so sorry." And it's like, dude, it's not the end of the world. It's just one of those little bruise pushers. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. But if right. I were to be like, I can't believe now, I feel like I'm in the wrong. No one needs to be that sensitive. Well, you need to give people the benefit of the doubt, unless they're consistently trying. We probably to could have just stopped you. the whole segment there. Yeah. yeah, we don't do that, do we? Yeah, no, it, not anymore. Because you know who knows your stories essentially, right? And if you're, you know, and this is, you know, there are differences. Like, what was the, was it, was it Gutfeld the other day with the R word thing? Yeah. Like, if you're still doing that, you know what you're doing. What he's talking about, and you can look it up, is someone said the R word. Uh, for for people who are uh, you know mental deficits, it was used quite liberally up until about five ten years ago. And uh, Gutfeld said, uh, "Oh, that is uh, that's officially allowed on Fox News. We can say it." And then the Tyrus guy, the big wrestler guy, was like, "Oh, Greg, it's one of my favorite words." And so that's what. Well, and in that case, about. but in that case, you you know what you're doing. Yeah, you're telling people who who are legitimately affected by. That in their in their daily lives, I don't care about you. I just for my own gratification, I think it's more important for me to say that word than to maybe not be a jerk. That's that's where it's clear where you can where you can have an easy guy. Just don't do that, man. Like have some respect for your fellow and man. Let me let me be really honest. Uh, as a guy and as a comedian, that word comes really naturally to me. Because I What's spent, our generation? I spent my whole life saying yeah. it. Yeah. And as many comedians have said, and it's just the truth, it was never, in my experience, used in that way. Right. It was right. used in a derogatory way and linking that word, which was a medical term. Back then. Back then. Yeah. To something that was really stupid. Uh, yeah, I get it. I get the connection. But I didn't. Until someone said, "Do you get the connection?" <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, "Shut up!" Yeah. Well, but, I mean, but we, but that happened to all of us. You know what I mean? That yeah. happened to all of us because we all did that. And uh, or like similarly with gay, you know, gay, like it, you weren't using it in that way. But then once you sort of get the connotation, you're like, yeah. "Oh, I, I do see where you're coming from." It's just that some of us went, "Okay, well, I want to be a better person, so I'm going to try to alter the way that I do things." And then other people were like, "No." I don't want to. Yeah. Where I, where I draw the line is when it feels like a trap that if um, I were to meet Amy for the first time and she said my my pronouns are they and there, I there's not a cell in my body that is like, whatever, I'm, I'm going to refer to you the way you want to be referred to. I have zero problem with that. But if I say something that's not in accordance to the way you represent and you come after me or when I see these videos of people like in a restaurant trying to get a free meal, like they dead named me or they this or they that. That's when I'm like, how about some grace? Like, like Rach said, give the benefit of the doubt. Now, if you say my, 
if you if you look like a male and you say my pronouns are she and her uh, and someone gives you crap, well, that's just a bad person. Right. Right. There's a difference matters. between a mistake and yeah. an intentional shot at you. Yeah, intent matters. And I do think there are a lot of people who have said intent doesn't matter. And if you say it, if you make a mistake, that means you're harboring latent malice. And I don't buy that. People no. like, I mean, it's, but like you said, if you present as one thing and you're saying, I actually identify as this, people might accidentally make a mistake or you might fall back on what you present as because that's, that's physically, we, we're making observations all the time. And if you observe this, you might mess up. But if sure. you say, oh, you did this because you have malice, then that is where people become frustrated and grow resentful. You, you're right, but there are people who resent the idea they have to even consider using a different pronoun than something they they think is correct. Right, so we have time to talk to Sarah here, or should we do it on the way back? We can talk to her real quick. Okay, Sarah on line one. Sarah, go right ahead. You're on the air. Hi. Hey. I, I think everybody is getting so offended by every word, thought, that everything is getting oversensitive sensitized and politically correct. I had to listen to your show for about 10 minutes to figure out what the R word was. But do you do you get why some things would trigger people? Like, for example, would you use the R word or say something's gay that's not a person? Would I say something's gay? I don't know. I don't, that's just not a term I use, you know. You know, but I'm sure that somebody 80 or so had, had used that in the past. Oh, like yeah. No, you don't, have to, be, there, you don't have to be 80. You know? What what I guess I'm not understanding you, Sarah. Overall, I agree with you. We we could all use to toughen up a bit. But do you have any examples of things that people get offended by that they should not? Um, I would say like the ball teams that have to all change their games because it's the Indians. Oh, it's like Cle- Cleveland Indians. She's talking about yeah, like that. Red, yeah. Redskins and things like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. I don't really even think people who are Native Americans. I mean, if they grew up with that, they're not going to be totally offended. I don't think. Well, I mean, I don't who, they, who, they are. who do you think pushed the issue? <laughs> I don't know. Well, that's the yeah. that maybe you should know, answer that we, question, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I will I though. Really, I don't know, but you know. I, yeah, I will have her back on on it to this extent. Um, this is a lot like the R word or calling something gay or what have you. Uh, I grew up a big Redskins fan. I had Redskins posters. I still have lots of Redskins stuff from when I was a kid. I never gave it a thought. And then, whatever it was, the first time someone said it a few years ago, I, I reacted like Sarah. I'm like, really? That doesn't seem like a thing. And then when I, uh, okay, Redskin, yeah, yeah, that doesn't seem cool. Like, but it's for me, it was an evolution. Yeah, yeah I think it's more that we just got away with it for so long. Because yeah. we were like, it was never a problem so, before. Well, it was. There just were a not lot of things us. that didn't used to be a problem, yeah. though. And, right. And I don't think, and of course, it's just my opinion. Because the woke line is where you put it. For right. Sarah, uh, not wanting to say redskin is woke. To me, it's just figuring something out over time and going, yeah, I guess that's not really cool, is it? We could do better. Yeah. You know, that, and that's the point. Like, when you do know somebody is in a position where that hurts them or bothers them. It's not, there's nothing wrong with being considerate. At the same time, 
you can't expect every single person's patterns to, to change all the time. Uh, good discussion. Always feel free to call in. Call in now. 314-436-7900. Let's go to Mike on line one. Mike, uh, you have 30 seconds. And they're all yours. Go ahead. Well, I, I'm woke enough to know most people don't have a clue what woke means. Uh, there's, there's just too many people in this country that don't want to acknowledge that history for this country was written by rich white men for rich white men. They don't want to know about the Negro or the, the red skin, the Indian experience. And they don't want their kids to feel any guilt because they might have had some shame of something that might have happened in, in their lives. So they just don't want anybody to know anything. They don't want to learn the truth. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.